a short while back, the Lord was speaking to me, and, and He shared with me some of the events that were going to happen that Sunday morning. And I didn't know exactly what they were, and I've related them to you um, in the last few weeks that I've, I've shared a little something during the service. And it was how that uh, different ones were going to be apart. And, uh, you know, and I didn't really know everything that was going on when the Lord was telling me that through the week. But when we got to Sunday morning, and lo and behold, it happened just exactly like he said. And last week we had uh, something happen also that the Lord had shared with me that was going to happen. And this week, um, uh, the Lord was speaking to me uh, uh, in one of those moments, and he, he told me that, one of the things that I wanted to do was ask different ones of you to uh, think on what particular scripture or incident that the Lord brought to you through the week and spoke to you about that maybe is different than your normal lifestyle. And uh, so I'm going to give a little time here in, in a bit, that you might share a particular verse or, or some little something, but it was mainly focused toward a, like if you're reading along and a, and a phrase comes up, and a little phrase comes to you, and you might just share, and I'm not asking for a teaching or anything like that, I'm just asking that you, you just kind of share that. This happened. This happened. And you knew that that was something that during your reading was from God. And, and so I hope, I hope that a few of you will come up and do that. So uh, the very first thing, of course, we started out here this morning. And Ron gets up and he starts sharing about the simple little things that's, that he was now seeing or it was, uh, it was a part of his day. It was a part of a moment. Now, I'm going to lay a little groundwork why we're going to, why I'm opening that up. Um, sometime back when I was, uh, you know, we, on Wednesday mornings, Daniel had asked that we study. We were, we were seeking something to do on Wednesday morning. We'd gone out of Ephesians and other things that we'd been doing. And, and so Daniel came up and said he'd like to, he thought maybe looking at Revelation was something good. And we all agreed with that. We, we liked that idea. And so we began to do that. And Tommy certainly uh, has done a marvelous job. I've not been able to be there the whole time. Uh, and for various reasons, I'll not get into that. But... Uh, uh, but what time I have, it's been really good. It's been really good. So if there's been an opportunity that you could come and be a part of that, I'd suggest that on Wednesday morning. It's been, it's been real good. So during that, we've been reading a lot of things. And there was a phrase jumped out to me. In uh, Revelation chapter 2, verse 17. So, I 
I got interested in it, and I began to read about it some and check on some things and wrote down a few thoughts that I had and then checked them uh, against Scripture and, and a few things like that. And that's kind of a process that I go through. You know, sometimes we can have off-the-wall ideas, and it just really is not exactly right, so we need to kind of confirm them. But... Uh, so, part of what I'm going to do this morning is encouraging you in the phrases that maybe God speaks to you through in the Scripture. Now, uh, I've spoken, you, you know I've said several times that I, I like to be in the book of Proverbs, and I've, I'm hoping sometimes I can set up something with Jerry Wright here, because in in he is one of those guys that I consider a Mr. Proverbs guy uh, uh, because of the way he lives his life, because of the way he loves God. And Proverbs is something that speaks to all the good foundational truths that we need in our lives. And it's a good place to raise your children. So that they can and uh, hear the instruction of their father and their mother. And not depart from those things, but keep them about their neck. And so we have really good truths to walk in and to encourage our children and our grandchildren to walk in. So, enough about that. So, that's, that's part of the reason where I'm going where I am. Here's the verse. Revelation 2.17. And it says, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Now, that phrase right there is spoken at least seven times. <laughs> right here. Uh, close. Not to mention other times that it is even indicated. So, right off the bat, there's a need to have your ears open and your eyes open. He that hath ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give some of the hidden manna to eat. And I will give him a white stone, and on the stone a new name, written, which no one knows except him who receives it. Now, may the Lord bless us. May he open our eyes and our ears as we look at his word and hear his spirit. To him who overcomes. We've dealt many times about how, what it is to work. And the, the battle between works and grace, and we go into those, those battles. Most of the time that's just something to fog up our day and, and keep us, uh, from really focusing on what 
God is wanting us to do. Uh, because if you understand grace, you won't have any problem with works. If you're, if you're walking in His freedom and His joy, you, you won't have no problem with, with works. It, it'll just, it'll fall in its place. So there's, there's not any reason to, to go there. There's more reason to rejoice in the presence of God, in, in His person, than to get on these arguments that just idle away time or steal away time in our lives. But I became intrigued with, uh, there was a little phrase, I'll, I'll share one more thing. There was a little phrase about, uh, uh, to him who overcomes, I will give. And, you know, if you, if you know Christ, you'll overcome. You don't have to overcome to know Christ. Because the overcoming takes place when you know Christ. So the, the main thing there is to over, is to know Christ. The overcoming will take care of itself. So that's part of it. I will give of the hidden manna to eat. This phrase is what caught my heart. I will give the hidden manna. The hidden manna. And I thought, the hidden manna. Well, I know that in the wilderness, the desert place, the dry place, you know, uh, the children of Israel had just come through the Red Sea. They had just come through. What an experience. Can you imagine that experience? I mean, you know, this is, this is an awesome thing. We watched Charlton Heston, you know, as he stood up on the rock and, and, and everything and the waters parted and the, the winds blew and, and everything happened and we got all inspired, you know, because that was part of our stories from a child up. What an inspiring moment. You know, that was, the, the drama of that scene in, in, uh, on the TVs and on the big screen, I, I think about how the, the people that drew up those pictures and, wow! Fantastic. Every day. God's parting the seas. And sometimes, with all that is there, we don't, we don't look, we don't recognize the, the awesomeness of this is our God. This is our Creator. This is the Sovereign One. Master of the universe that has lifted us out of bondage and set our feet on a new ground, a new territory. Here, here they are. They've come through this tremendous experience. And they have 
I mean, as the waters closed, the bodies of the dead come up on the seashore and all this in the amount of time there. And the evidence, and you know a lot of us are running around right now, we're wanting evidence of God's judgment. Well, you know, I think it'll happen. Not that I'm really wanting to see it all the time. Sometimes I am. I, I, I have to admit, I get out there and I get... I get frustrated, I get, there's a lot of turmoil, and, and I'm, ready to, I'm ready to go out and take things into my hands. And I'm, I know that God is speaking to my heart, and He's, he's got a hold of me, and he's, he's twisting my attitudes and my words and my actions. He, yes, He's manipulating, He's... He's, and I don't mean that in a bad way. God, God is molding, I guess is the best way. He, he's molding me. He's, he's got His fingers. You know, when you need a good back massage and you go to somebody that's really good at that and they stick their fingers, feels like they're sticking them right through your back, you know. And sometimes God is just working that deep inside and, and I'm hollering and screaming and oh God help me. So God is, He's speaking these things and He's molding us and making us and, and correcting our attitudes and our words and our actions. They see the dead bodies. I, I tell you, all of God's Word has a prophetic meaning, and, and it is repeated many, many times. I think it's probably repeated many times in between where the, the waters parted and they closed up on the enemy. And, and in every person's life, there's probably times when the waters... have parted for you. They parted for you. You were able to walk on dry ground where where it would have seemed that you would have just marred up before. But the power of God has brought about victory. Right in the teeth of death and destruction, the power of God worked mightily on your behalf. So here they are, they're in this land, and they're fussing because they don't have anything to eat. They're, they're needing food. You know, the world has known, and the, our enemy has known, that all they have to do to control us, is to mess with our food. So God sends manna. And He gives them instruction on how to, to partake of that food that's come down from heaven. It's food 
because they were in a dry land. They're, they're hungry. They're destitute for something. There's not enough to feed this massive group of people. There's not enough to quench the hunger that's in them. Many times I'm sure you felt like, I need this. There's some hunger inside that needs quenched. Well, God quenched it then, and He can again. For each one of us, in all of our circumstances, whatever circumstance you're walking in, the mighty God of heaven can bring manna down to, to fill you up. Well, it goes on. So, so they, they walk through that, that time. And one of the things that was done is they took some of it and they put it in the Ark of the Covenant. And put it in a container in there. And that was to represent something. Because there's coming a day when we're no longer walking under the, the law written on stones, but we're walking in the law that is written on our hearts. Because... Jesus Christ, who died and was buried and rose again the third day and brought life to us, opened the very presence of God, the very, the very thing that, that represented all of the presence of God in the, in the congregation. As the congregation came around to worship, this represented the presence of God. And it has words inside it. It has lessons inside it. It has character inside it. It has His personality inside it. And this personality is food for our soul. And so, God brought this food out and, and it was a, a hidden manna. It had been hidden. Down through the ages, it's given to us that He, that God would reveal all from the very beginning. That God would reveal the things He was going to do through His prophets and His people. He would reveal things to His people. And He would lead them. He would show them. In other words, the whole thing was to demonstrate a, a family, a relationship, a bonding between the Father and the follower. That we follow after Him and we know His voice. He says, my sheep hear my voice. And they follow. So that we would follow and we would eat from this. this there's a time that we receive like this. We receive from one another. We, we commune and we hear the Word that, that God has spoken to somebody. And, and, and we receive food. It's good. Fellowship. This kind is it's good. It's wholesome. It helps us not to be alienated and off to ourselves. The Scripture even indicates that if we separate ourselves, it's just because all we're doing is seeking our own good. And you can read that in Proverbs. 
we separate ourselves, you know, set her, pull away from everybody. But God seeks to feed us. And sometimes <clears throat> the feeding is come through, it comes through a hidden time. It comes through a time like Jesus right before a passage that we're going to read in a minute. He went off on the mountain. And he was with God alone. I looked at other things that talked about hidden. What other things are good that's hidden or, or <coughs> awesome things that are hidden? And I thought about gold and silver and precious stones. I used to watch a thing on TV, YouTube. Uh, actually, it was on uh, RFD TV. <coughs> And it was Go Prospector Association. I don't know if any of you ever saw any of that. It's always funny. I, I enjoyed so much the personalities that I got to look at there and see. But they were always out hunting for gold. And, and you know, uh, that was a hard job. That was a difficult job. I'd see them in the rivers up in Alaska. They'd get down in the little bitty creeks even, little bitty narrow things. And they would be down under there with a suction pipe and they'd be sucking up the bottom and it would spit it through and go through these different uh, uh, layers of filtration until they got the gold. <clears throat> and they could get under there <clears throat> working in a hole. <clears throat> Sorry. And they had to be careful because they could get into such a hole that it could cave in on them. And, and uh, a few times there were some narrow, oh, close calls. And uh, so I, I thought about how we would hunt, how people would do so much to hunt for gold. How they'd work so hard to hunt for gold. And how we work so hard for so many things in our day, our life. The Scripture says, to him that overcomes, I will give some of the hidden manna to eat. Now I want to turn to John chapter 6. John chapter 6. I thought I had it marked here. John Chapter Six. You something wrong there. You know, if you if you look at uh, the book of John and and read there, just start right at the beginning and read through up to here. There's. Um, 
I don't know exactly how many times he uses the phrase to believe, to believe in God. It's a lot. It's a lot. So one of the one of the themes here in in this book is to believe. And and uh Believing in Him means that you've come to a point, or believing in anything really, you've come to a point where you are confident. You, you, have, you, have, uh, you have decided that this right here is true. You believe something. You, you're settled. This, this is a truth. And you're ready to work and function in this in your life. You know, it's easy to grasp something when everything is nice and pleasant. But believing in something is not known until you come to a hardship. And you are tested as to whether you believe something or not. The difficulty is facing you right now. Do you believe this? And... So, uh, throughout the first part of the book, uh, up to this chapter right here and further, but I'm just going to this chapter, it says that uh, many times Jesus talked about people believing, if you believe. And, and they get down here to verse uh, 29, and the people said, uh, Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God that you believe in Him whom He sent. That you believe in Him whom He sent. Now, there was a... There was several things happened. He had just fed the 5,000. He had left them. They Next morning, they got up trying to find Him. They didn't find Him where they thought. They looked around, and when they did find him, Jesus said, You're not coming to just know me because of the works of God, because of the miracles, because of the evidence of God, the evidence of his presence. You're, you're coming just because you got fed yesterday. You're coming just because you got some food in your belly. And... And that is one of the things that we were just saying that the world has found out to control you. All they got to do is fool with your food. And when somebody starts fooling with your food, you, you're not happy. You get upset. You start, you start finding a way to get that food. And you'll compromise all kinds of things in your life just to get that food. You'll not go to bed at night just because you've got a craving and you need to fill it with something. Maybe it's butter pecan ice cream. It might be a chocolate chip cookie. But, but for some reason, you will, you will jump in to that arena and there you are. You're, you're manipulated by those thoughts of the food. Jesus said to him, 
your fathers ate manna in heaven, they are in the desert, and they died. They said, they said, oh, God, give us manna. What sign are you going to give us? What sign are you going to give us so that we can follow you? Our fathers gave us, you know, ate manna from, given from God. What sign are you going to give us? Jesus said, Moses didn't give you that manna. He said, the Father's given you the real manna. And the real manna is me. The real manna is my flesh and my blood. And you're going to have to eat my flesh and my blood. Well, that blew them out of the water. My flesh and my blood. The whole way through this first part of the book, he's talking about believing in Him. Believing in the One that was sent. Believing in the Father. Believing. And do you know, we won't come to that understanding until we sit down with Him and we start partaking of Him. We'll be hungry. We'll be destitute. We'll have nervousness. We'll have food withdrawal. We'll have all kinds of things pressuring us to uh, do this or do that. And the whole truth about all of it is, is we've not sat down and eat with Him. We've not eat with Him. Well, I need to get on. So, I, I'm, I'm not going to say anything more right here. Uh, he is he is the manna from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. So you eat the bread from God, you, you fellowship with him, you commune with him, you eat the bread from heaven. When you eat the bread from heaven, you have the life in you that is the light of the world. This is the will of the Father who sent me, that of all he has given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up at the last day. And this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son believes in him uh, and believes in him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. There's one other verse here. In verse 27 it says, Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you, because God the Father has set His seal on Him. There's two or three things right there that's meant by setting his seal on him. I'm, I'm not going to go into all of them. I'm just going to say one of them. One of them is the testimony. The testimony is, is Jesus, God testified that this is my son whom I'm well pleased. And the Spirit descended and set on him and stayed on him. 
Throughout the epistles, it's talked about the testimony of Christ. In Revelation, it talks about the testimony of God. One of the statements in, in Revelation is about, the, it says, the testimony of Christ is the spirit of prophecy. One of the seals, one of the indications of the term there, meaning uh, there of the seals, is the testimony. And when you believe and you testify before the world, I've never known a time when believing something I wasn't tested about whether I believed it or not. We took our son, our oldest son, to the National Institute of Health in Bethesda, Maryland because he had cancer in his arm. His arm was broke and there was a knot on his arm. And and they said, they showed us pictures that it was all black. And, and they did some tests and they said, it's cancerous. And so they sent us to Bethesda, Maryland, to the National Institute of Health. And we went through uh, a little over a week of testing and trials up there. And uh, going up there, I knew that I needed to talk with my wife about what was going to happen because God began to show me what was going to happen. And, and, they, and the people, the doctors, uh, at some point, our, our whole thing was to go and gain knowledge and get any help we could and know how to pray better than we did. So as I knew that as we were gaining that knowledge, there was going to be a time there that I would have to give a, a witness to what, we were, and to what was inside us. You can't have the light of the world inside you and walk in darkness and it not be revealed. I'm sorry, it's going to, it's going to shine forth, it's going to cause problems. You heard the word, problems. It's going to cause problems because the world can't handle it. And there will be problems. And and so we went in, and we're sitting there, and and I said, now listen, you don't agree when the, when the professionals start telling you that this is what's happening, don't sit there and say, because you're just agreeing with them. Receive what they got to say, know how to pray, and go pray. And and I don't mean receive it as to agree. I'm just saying you're hearing it. You're hearing it. You got knowledge. Now you're going to go pray wiser, more wisely. Okay? And so that's what we were going to do. Well, we're sitting there and 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 the questions kept coming closer and closer. And finally I had to say, We're Christians. You cannot hold a light in a dark room and it not throw out light. It's going to reveal stuff. So we, I told them, well, we're Christians. We believe that He's healed. And our church believes that He's healed. They did exactly what God told me they would do as we was going up the road. They quit talking, looking, 
acknowledging in any way, shape, or form me. They turned their total focus on Delina. And I told her this was what was going to happen as we were going up the road. And I'm praying for her. That God strengthened her. And caused her to be strong. To stand with Him. To stay focused on Him. I'm praying, God, bless my wife. Keep her feet solid. Her heart good toward you. Open to you and hearing you and that kind of meaning of good. And, and so it happened, like we said. So we finished that meeting. We went out. And a few days later, it, it really came to me because they kept saying that they believed they could uh, get it. They could take care of it. The cancer, you know. And, and, and uh, a day or so, I don't know how long it was. It, it, I'm slow. Okay, so it came to me, and the doc was going in and out. We were sitting in the waiting room. She was going in and out. And, and I realized, because I was seeing new children every, just a little bit, new children. Rarely did I see the same child. They would have arms gone, legs gone. Something was missing. And... And so it, it just it just hit me right between the eyes. And so I spoke up and she came through. I said, Doc. Yes, she said. I said, you all seem pretty confident that you can get this. You know, take care of it. Yeah, we think we can. I said, are you talking about amputation? Maybe. Maybe. Possibly. And I said, thank you. And I picked my book back up because she was watching me. I picked my book up and I tried to read. So I'm reading. She comes and goes a few more times. And so I told Delina, when everything settled down and they quit watching me through the window and, and all this, I... I Told her, said, let's go. So we got up and we went back to our room. We fell on our face before God. And we said, Lord, we believe you've healed Pete. You've put Pete under our care. He's our child. He's our responsibility. He's under our care. And, and we believe you've healed Pete. And, and, um, If it happens today, that's good. If it happens next week, that's fine. If it happens ten years from now, we believe you've done it. But these people are about to amputate his arm. They need to see something now. Thank you. That's what I said. I never said nothing else. I said, thank you. We got up. Two days later, 
They'd gone through all kinds of more tests and everything. They called us into their room, their council room. And they have two social workers in there and at least three doctors. And they said, well, Mr. Crawford, we got some good news and bad news. And I said, well, what you got? And they said, well, sir, it's just like you said. Now, I want to tell you something. When the world can give the testimony that you've been with Christ, they're going to say stuff like that right there. It's just like you said. So if it's just like you said, what do you want to say? What do you want to say? So they said, it's just like you said. And so, uh, we... They said, the cancer is gone. And, and they gave us the pictures. They showed us everything. Gave us the results. I'm telling you, it went from a black arm, as black as that right there, to just as pretty a gray uh, bone as you can have on any x-ray. And, but now there was still a break, and there was still a knot. And he said... They said, it's gone. And I'm using way too much time, so I'm not going to get anywhere near uh, where I wanted to be. So, uh, they said, all this other stuff is still there. And then the social workers, both of them, stepped right up, right immediately. One had been there four years, and he says, Mr. Crawford, he said, he said, I, I've never seen anything like this except one time in four years. I wanted to cry because I had seen every, I had seen new children every day. And this had only happened one other time. Broke my heart. Broke my, I was thrilled for Pete, but it broke my heart that that many children was going through that place. And there wasn't any more miracles than that. Broke my heart, I can't tell you how much. But there we are. He says, but we're going to send him home because we think we can work on this with your doctor at home. So anyway, they came, we came home. I had no money, been out of work for weeks, and, and I was supposed to go to Brazil. And I said, God, how can I go to Brazil? And God said, if I did one miracle, can I do another? And I said, the last day, our mail ran late. God has all kinds of opportunities to be early. But He's late many times. It ran late. All but $200 was in that mailbox that day, the very last day before I was to leave. And I went on that trip, and while on that trip, Delena took Pete to the doctor because we just got back. Took him to the doctor. And Pete walks in, and he says, I want to play ball. Doc said, son, got to let this thing run its course. He goes in, he does the exam, and he comes back out in a minute, and he said, you just go play anything you want to play. Because not only was there, the cancer was gone, 
Now there's not even a break. It's completely gone. The break is. There's not even a pencil-looking line. It is gone. The, the knot on his arm is completely gone. It is a bone just like any of your healthy bones. When you walk in the testimony of Christ, there's a seal that is imprinted. And you are going to be witnessed to by angels, by the Spirit of God, by the power of God. If there's ever a time in our life that we need the power of God to come upon us and be a witness through our life and through our words, today is the day. We can't hide our life. We can't go off in a corner. We can't crawl under a bushel. We are a light set on the hill. God has, God has set us upon a light stand that we shine into a dark world. There's people hurting and they need Jesus. And yes, I will die. In this body someday. It will happen someday. I don't know how it will happen, and I really don't care. Because this is my day, this is your day. This is the day that we have to shine because we, not some other generation. We're not talking about those who came out of the Red Sea. We're talking about you and me. Here, today, now. This is our day. We shine in this day. And in the way of the Lord God. If I can find this, it's a silly little thing. But the Lord gave it to me and I'm going to share it. God says, I hope that when you're communing with the Lord, that you write things down. Because you just, you just don't know. For if, if anything else, it, it might be an encouragement to you in the future, if we're still here. You need to write it down. And I've written a lot of things, and this is silly. But it might be for somebody. I wrote down, God says, if I have 300... Or three trillion, or as many as the stars of the sky, or the sand of the sea, or just three. 
What is that? For in one all things begin, are, and will be. I wrote exist out from that. Are you a part of we three? Whose character do I see? Whose likeness is reflected? And with whom will you be collected? Are you convinced? Do you have faith in God? This is the day to answer that. I'm not just talking about salvation. I'm not talking about salvation. I'm talking about daily kingdom of God living. I'm talking about daily kingdom of God living. The power of God is mighty. And God doesn't share the throne with anybody. Father God, we ask that you establish in our very being our confidence in you, that it can be said. That we believe. We believe in you. We commune with you. I pray that communion will be greater as the days go by, as the minutes, the episodes in our family life, our Family means everything. We are confident that those things that we have entrusted to you, you will perform. So again, Lord, I say thank you. Do you go about your day, go about the week? Notice 
those moments when the Spirit speaks to you, they will testify of Him. Write them down. And share them. I'm going to give a moment here. And we'll just take a few minutes. Uh, There might be a couple others that want to come. Praise God. This is not from me. I was awakened in the middle of the night. I guess it was around 3, 4 o'clock in the morning. Laying in bed and the Lord gave me a word. And I said, thank you, Lord. I tried to go back to sleep. He said, no, 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 no. Get out of bed. Go write it down. And I didn't want to get out of bed. I got up, went in the kitchen, got a pen, paper, wrote it down. Stop. Look. Listen to what the Spirit is saying to the churches. And I heard our brother saying it this morning. I'm going, <clears throat> praise God. Thank you. So I wrote it down. It's on my little nightstand. Stop. Look. Listen to what the Spirit is saying to the churches. This church we are. God bless. A lot of us have special times in their life. My wife and I, June 11th, we had our 50th anniversary, working on 51. She's been putting up with me for a lot of years. My birthday, April 10th. Special day, the kids kids all, all remember it. Dad just tries to ignore it. Susan's birthday, July 24th. There's a lot of special times in our life. But this weekend is also another special time. July 30th. When I went home to see the Lord. Because I died. And yet he said, it's not your time yet. You're not finished. One of the things over the years 
There's been one special verse to me. That a pastor shared a lot of years ago. Steve Pettit. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. They put me in a chemically induced coma. For a day and a half, I lost time. This was supposed to have been a 10-minute They take you down, they zap you, you get out of AFib, and you start all over again. All of a sudden, my daughter and my wife are hearing code blue. They broke my ribs trying to get it to restart. After that, there was eight days where I was in the hospital. It was the worst eight days of my life. Never want to go back into another hospital. But one of the things that I realized, I knew it before, but God emphasized it, is... We're going to come under not only physical trauma, but spiritual trauma. And we have to be prepared. Prepared. You you don't start when, when it happens. You got to be ready. You got to know what you believe. You know that you know that you know. Because the spiritual warfare will come. God loves each one of us. He has special dates. This is three months right now since this all happened. Three months. An anniversary of sorts. I was awake till two o'clock in the morning this morning trying to fall asleep. Mind wouldn't shut up. But daily our life has to be walking with Christ. Because we don't know when our time is up. God in his mercy allowed me to stay. There's stuff here still to do. Each one of us. God has a place for you to raise up those kids. To watch them grow and become The children that God has temporarily 
allowed you to take care of. For that wife, that means so much. You have a chore to do. You have a word to share. There's a place for each one of us. Don't just hear, don't just speak because you want to hear your voice. You want someone else to hear your voice. Speak because God has laid it on your heart. And if he doesn't tell you, it's because you're not listening. You're not taking the time to be ready to stand, to know that Christ in me is my hope of glory. He is my strength. Without him, I can't do it. In him, there's nothing that can't be done. Read the word. Fellowship with saints. Be strong in God. Because he loves you. Hebrews 11, it's part of verse 40, for they can't receive the prize at the end of the race until we finish the race. It's more important how we finish, actually, than how we start. I think of a story I heard once, and I'm going to paraphrase it. There was a father and three sons. And the father said, "Um, okay, you guys are going to be down at the base of the mountain. I'm climbing up. First one to me wins the prize. You win the race. There's an older boy, and he had great strength compared to the other two, and he relied on his strength. The middle child was very intelligent, and he relied on his intelligence. And then there was a younger, the youngest of the three. And the youngest of the three ended up at his father before the other two. And the father said, how did you do it? You're not the strongest. You're not the smartest. How did you win? And the child said, I listened for your voice. And I followed your voice. What you don't know is all three were blindfolded. It's not that they saw their father to get to him. 
Are we listening to our Father's voice? Or are we getting distracted along the way? It's so easy. Um, I love sports. I, um, every year, the past few years, I've, I've been in the senior games um, and having a great time. Well, this year was the first year that I decided to do a few different events than I usually do. Three of them were running, um, and I'm not much of a runner. When I run, um, I did the 50, 100, and the 200-yard dash. And when I run, I always feel like there is this hurricane force headwind coming at me, like I feel like I'm in slow-mo trying to make progress. And um, one of my good friends, she always runs like she has the wind at her back pushing her along, and she makes great strides. Now, um, as poor of a runner as I am, I actually persisted and crossed the finish line. And in so doing, got that prize. I wasn't a gold, but I got that prize. Um, And you have to not only start something, you not only have to persevere during it, but you have to finish it and finish well. And uh, that's what the Lord gave this morning. Thank you.